Welcome, everybody. This is a new podcast. We haven't thought of a name of it yet, but we will come up with a name for it because I think it deserves a name. Um, it should have been four of us today. It isn't. It's three, but more on that next week. Uh, I am joined by Dave Vitti and Andy Bush, two huge Evertonians, and uh, we're going to have a chat about Everton and other stuff. Baked goods, I think, might make an appearance in this and the art yes. of paddleboarding as well. Um, gentlemen, how are we? Very good. Thank you, Baz. Thank you for having us. Um, you know, we're obviously disappointed that in the maiden voyage of this new adventure that Ped couldn't make it in because Ped still thinks that he's working nights <laughs> even though he doesn't work nights anymore. Um, but, you know, we can deal with that perhaps in episode two if we get that far. But I think so far it's a strong start. And as I say, thanks for having me and Andy along. Absolutely. Pleasure. It's great to be here, man. Thank you very much. I'm very, very good. I'm very, very good. Uh, like I say, uh, obviously, we've, we've got issues with Ped, which we'll need to deal with. And maybe that, that can be an element of this podcast is working him through his post-taxi driver PTSD thing. But uh, we'll get there together. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it'll take more than us three, to be honest. But we can have a go. We can have a go. Why not? Um, well, let's get into a little bit of football to start with. Um, our team played a, a thr- I would say, a thrilling nil-nil draw for for a nil-nil draw I thought it was a an absolutely brilliant game at the weekend I thought both teams tried to win it I thought for once Everton really did stand toe-to-toe with Liverpool and and tried to win it and didn't didn't just hope to it uh, to keep them out so that was that was my take on it and I spent the best part of yesterday talking about it so I'm not going to go on too much about it but Dave we'll, we'll, be, agree with we'll you. begin with you but how did you see it yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd agree with you 100%. I think uh, I think the simple fact of the matter is that that's the game that we would have lost that last season, mm. you know, undoubtedly. And and I think that, I think it was a thrilling nil-nil game. I think it had everything. I thought it was a great watch and not even just from a, you know, partisan point of view. Um, but also I think it just demonstrated the steps forward that have been made under Frank Lampard. Um you know, and I know it is small baby steps, but he's trying to create something there. And he's trying to obviously get different personnel in. He's trying to change the mentality of the players. Um, and I think that you saw a side who had been not only improved in most departments, but also I think you saw a side who were playing together and fighting for each other and, you know, that whole adage of running through a brick wall for other people. And I think that's what you got and, and that can only be a good thing. Mr. Bush, how did you see it? I, I totally agree. Totally agree with what Dave was saying. I feel like I feel like we've got Everton back again. Got my Everton back, you know, because I've been banging on to loads of people uh, for ages in terms of I'm not really that bothered about the the, the style of football or the, the slick passing or anything like that. I just want us to go back to being nasty and terrifying, and people don't want to come to Goodison anymore. Do you remember it, something happened along the way where we made an adjustment to our way of playing, and then suddenly everyone used to come and take the Mickey out of us, or we'd, we'd turn around a team's. Uh, you know, losing streak or if there was a player who hadn't scored in X amount of games don't you worry Everton will turn that around for you and we just used to roll over and be petrified of everyone and something's happened I think I think it starts with the, the signings of you know a couple of signings that were everyone at the beginning was a bit like huh uh, like Tukowski and, and Connor Cody but I, f- I feel like we've got a, a kind of a nasty sly edge back to us again and just the way Tarkowski stepped in and pushed someone off Gordon the other week and stuff like that as well like we've got our fight and our battle back and that for me uh, above everything else is just like I feel like we're going in the in the right direction and yeah we you know we've not got lots lots of points but my god can you see the the turnaround and that Frank's you know plan is working and it's an amazing thing and I'm you know I'm completely on board with it I don't know how you guys feel but I I feel completely locked in and I feel like at the moment Frank Lampard is the guy that's going to take us out of this misery that we've had you know I think you know what I think both of you make really good points there. And this this is something that and I don't want to kind of like uh, go in too hard on Roberto Martinez, but it's something that started under that. I think we'd had the blood and thunder of David Moyes to varying yep. degrees of success. You know, we were we'd give people a game. People didn't like coming to Goodison. We had a, quite a good record against the top six at home, even though Everton were very much part of the top six, but mm. it was never called that in them days. Um, 
We were good against them at home. We weren't so good against them away. We knew that. But we beat a lot of other teams comfortably at Goodison and we were a game for everyone. And then Roberto Martinez come in and started trying to play a, a more exciting, if you like, or a, a nicer on the eye brand of football. And then that kind of changed what we were about. And I think that caused a disconnect, unintentionally, but a disconnect from between the team and the supporters. And I'm not convinced yeah. we got that back. We'd had, we'd, we'd had times when we felt connected, but then we'd it'd quickly break. Mm. But under Frank Lampard, since he's come in, I think he's been very clever. And I think a lot of it's genuine as well. Most of it's genuine as well, is that he's just re-engaged the fans. And with that, everybody's knew, because we were in desperate times, that we had to stick together. And luckily, we came through it. And this season's been kind of an extension of that. And you're absolutely right, Andy, bringing in Tarkovsky, bringing in Connor Cody, Nathan Patterson, a Glasgow boy, in there as well. You know, and we've got other people stepping up to the plate. And it does feel like we've got a, at least a competitive team again, which for a large part of last season didn't feel like we did. And and I think that was borne out on Saturday. And, and Dave, it, I think Andy touched on it then, is that, even though we've not got many points, you can't see, you can't see a change. Even you went to Forest game the other week. We had a chat about it, and mm. even though we mm-hmm. didn't win it, and it wasn't amazing, you could at least see a bit of a structure and something we were trying to do, which I don't think was evident there last season. Was that fair to say? It's a foundation, isn't it? Mm. I, I totally agree with you. I think mm. you have to get those foundations in place and then build upon them. And, yeah. and, and you know, our foundations have been so rocky over the last few years um, that, you know, it's no doubt that, that people have struggled to make it work. I think the thing with Lampard for me is that from the moment he came in, he came in as a long-term prospect, mm. certainly in his own mind. And granted, you know, modern day football often doesn't allow you and afford you the time for long term prospects, unfortunately. And and we all know, rightly or wrongly, that he will also not be afforded the time if, if results suddenly go horribly wrong halfway through the season. We all yeah. know that. That's just the, the way of the game. However, I do dearly hope that um, he is given the time to do that. And he wants this to be a slow burn, long, long term mm-hmm. thing. Um, and. Only now do I feel like we're starting to see the fruits of his labor sort of coming through and things are starting to change and, and things are, you know, listen, we haven't got a win on the board just yet, but things are looking a lot, a lot better for me. Mm. My only my only criticism, and, and it's an obvious one and one that I'm sure many people share, is just the fact that I do not understand, unless there was situations that we don't know about behind the scenes, but why another striker wasn't brought in mm. at least. Yeah. Um, I know that they were linked with, with Brett and Deers at uh, a Blackburn who I thought was interesting. And for the sort of money that was quoted, I mean, I think Everton offered 12 million. I think Blackburn wanted 15. That's what I read. Um, when you think about the sort of money that we have spent unwisely in mm. recent times, 25 million for David class and 25 million for uh, Gabamin. Mm. You know, that kind of money would have seemed right. Now, whether whether there was other goings on with the Venkies at Blackburn, I don't know. There was. But <laughs> him or, yeah, and this is this is also what I've heard behind the scenes, yeah. but him or somebody else like him, yeah. it does concern me in terms of our lack of depth. I mean, there's no depth. Our, our lack mm. of options at all in, 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 in striking. Mm. Um, because... It's a lot to be reliant upon Dominic coming back after after you know a long spell off with injury. Mm. Um, who knows what Mopé's going to be like? Mm. Well, I do. I have to say that his first couple of touches I thought looked encouraging the yeah. other on Saturday, and I thought that at least it was quite nice to have somebody who was some kind of target there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I would have liked I would have liked reinforcements mm. um, for you know I know there was also mention about you know trying to keep players happy I, mean, I don't really give a toss about no. keeping players happy to be honest with you because i'd much rather that it, it it created competition um and if you're if you're the man and you're in and you're scoring week in week out and that's keeping this your so-called star striker out then so be it you know um but that's that's my only thing literally it's an obvious one uh, that's where i think we are lacking and that is the only thing that really concerns me for the long winter ahead as it were i think uh, andy i think i'll tell you what oh, the- go on. Oh, go on. 
Sorry. Yeah, go on. I was just going to say the that, that bit of business getting rid of uh, Digne for, and getting in um, Mikalenko and uh, Patterson actually looks like quite a good bit of an inspired move, actually, because that's been, you know, as Dave mentioned, one of the foundations, uh, you know, the, the two wing-backs who I, I wasn't that convinced with Mikalenko tail end of last season. I thought he looked a little bit dicey, to be honest with you, but something's kind of clicked with, with, the, with the two strong central defenders and the, the wing-backs bombing on. I love Patterson. He just reminds me, you know, like he's, he's a proper Everton fullback, isn't he, as well? And uh, it's exciting times with the pair of them, really, I think. He, he he would he could really benefit from a goal and he's come very close now twice hasn't he mm, you know he's yeah. had two opportunities in the last two games to 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 nail one in and i think that it would really he's come on so much this season but i think it would really cement him as being you know a crowd favorite oh um, god yeah. not that he needs it but you know what i mean i think it would yeah. do his confidence no end of good and i would dearly love that to happen but i i, I very much like what i see with him i think he looks superb but but we, I mean, I think we we with these games so far though, yeah, like you say, we've not got many points on the board. But my God, if we'd have had a striker, we'd have been dangerous. You look at all those games. Chelsea had some great chances against Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool, obviously, you know, brilliant chances there. Uh, Forest, we could have had that game done and dusted in the. 20, first 20 minutes so you look back on it it's just the missing a piece of the puzzle I feel like we're in the, the last bit of pre-season it's a, weird, it's a weird season though. I think like that needs to be said as well that with the way that the last season never ended and we're playing international games even though they knew they were going into this weird season where we're going to try and squeeze two sets of 16 games either side of a, a winter World Cup that we were still playing international games was just mental and so it has messed up a lot of teams um, starts to the season and I think that's been borne out by how swingy it's been in these first four or five games and I think that's part of it we're not done with our preparation or, or uh, finalising the team really yet and that shows I think with, with the Blues yeah, I that, think it's also worth pointing yeah. out that we're, we're at a pivotal point, and Baz, I'm not sure whether you, you're aware of this, mm. Go on. but at the time of recording this podcast, we are leading up to a huge, huge fixture in the world of radio. We're talking about the hometime derby, are we not, Andy Bush? <laughs> oh, and this is it. Uh, my team, Everton, versus my, my, my partner in crimes team, Richie's uh, Arsenal. And, you know, it's annoying, really, because like we've got horrible background with Arsenal haven't we I've never really feel that confident with Arsenal bar that one amazing uh Damari Gray goal which will live long for the rest of my life but um it's annoying I feel like we're, we're getting better I, I, I don't want us to be playing them just yet I'd rather push that where's our Leicester game give us a Leicester game or something do you know what I mean yeah yeah Arsenal well, I mean, Arsenal at the I mean, Emirates George, George, Arsenal do at the Emirates get together do you do you, do you have do you have uh, do you have Volivons um, <laughs> you know <laughs> well I I tend not to, I don't talk to them too much about it. Both of them, my producer, Adair and Richie, are both Arsenal fans. And they, they, they moan about stuff, but they've got no idea what it's like, have they? If you're an Arsenal fan, you've got no idea what hardship is. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, for them, not making top four is a nightmare. And they've just got no concept of, like, what it's been like for us. I think last season, for Evertonians, is, was traumatic. I don't know about you. It really, it genuinely affected... It sounds ridiculous. I don't mean this in a, in a, in a flippant way, but it did affect my mental health a little bit because it was so depressing every weekend and not watching match of the day for ages and all that kind of stuff but so I, I we, we talk about football but I think we have to keep it cordial because once you get stuck into that within a show environment I, I probably I might end up like punching him or something so it's best not to say anything <laughs> try talking about it every day when it's crap it's it's not great um oh, I know you know, I think we can't we can't let Saturday pass. I think you're both right, Jackson. and Dave. You're right. We we could have done with an extra forward. I think Brayton Diaz Everton went back on deadline day and was sold 25 million for a lad who's had a contract in 10 months or whatever it is and can sign. You know, so they were never going to touch that. But it is only 11 games. I think it is till the next transfer window opens, and obviously Dominic's back as well, and we've got the break. And Andy, you're right. The season was horrific and never finished and then started again and to have yep. six games by the first week in September is bizarre because that's an anomaly but I don't think we can let the weekend pass for as good a performance as it was and we did have chances and Neil Maupai who I thought played quite well missed the guilt edge chance and hopefully that's just sharpness what about some what about some of these decisions the VAR decisions at the weekend uh, you know we had a goal which Dermot Gallagher's done his best to try to give a reason exactly why it was disallowed. And by doing that has actually made me now convinced it should have been allowed. 
when if he'd have just shut up, I might have gone, oh, maybe he's right. Um, and we've obviously had a, a red card challenge by Van Dijk, which was left, and a penalty, which Everton should yeah. have had. James Milner putting his arm up and deflecting yeah. a ball over, which no one yeah. dared mention. So, Dave, how, how bad was VAR at the weekend? Or, oh, sorry, how bad were the people implementing VAR at the weekend? <laughs> well, that's it. You know, that's what they all say. It's, it's not VAR that's the problem. It's the people who were running it and ultimately making the decision. All that VAR can do is provide you with a better angle and a better snapshot on on what you're trying to be judge and jury on. Mm. But ultimately, yeah. it's a human decision at the end of the day. And, and you know, when you look at, when you look at that offside, mm. and even professionals and even ex-refs are kind of going, well, hang on, I thought we were supposed to be letting those marginal, you know, ones that you're not sure about, if in doubt, I thought we were supposed to be letting them through. Yeah. And, and it just it differs from week to week, and that's the problem. It's the inconsistency with the whole thing, is the fact that depending on who is in that room at, at, at Stockley Park, actually making those decisions... Um, it's like, well, you might you might have a good one one week, you might have a bad one the other yeah. week. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was never keen on on the introduction of the likes of VAR anyway. Call me a Luddite. You know, I'm the sort of man that tends to avoid change. Um, but um, I wasn't keen on it anyway, and I think I'm even less keen now. And the whole stopping of the game and whatever like this, you know, and all this nonsense. I'm not a fan. But um, but yeah, I think I think certainly on the balance of things, um, I think we were we were harshly treated at the weekend. Uh, I know everybody says that when they're on the wrong wrong side of the decisions, but I think we were harshly treated. I really do. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like we we if you look at the stats, we we seem to have had more goals chalk, chalked off or, or stuff go against us than than any other team at the moment. It really does. It kind of it kind of hurts. And and I, and I agree with Dave. I, when it first came in, I thought, oh, brilliant! This is going to kind of you know uh, something that we can go to if if they've missed something. You know what I mean? Like a, like a, a mistake that wasn't spotted by the ref, or you know, a cheeky elbow that you might not have seen. That kind of thing. But. Um, like you say, that they're getting involved. It was weird because the start of the season was a bit quiet, and I thought, "Oh, brilliant! They've kind of calmed it down a little bit. Maybe they're they're finally getting it." And then suddenly, before you know it, you're creeping into thumbs and shirts and elbows and knees and all this kind of uh, ball. I, I just, I don't know. I just find it really frustrating, and it's gone mad now because you know, with the Villa City game, the bit where they used to just leave their fal- the flag down, the line owner didn't used to flag for it and wait for VAR to make the decision. Now that's gone out the window, and he's flagging even though it wasn't even offside. So the whole thing just needs a reset. Uh, and people are talking about VAR more than they are about the games. And it's just like, you know, like Dave said, I, I hate the fact that you, you know, the, the celebration for Cody scoring that, what would have been the winner, for it to then to be chalked off was just like, uh, that kills football moments like that. It kills it. That's not what the game's about, is it? Right. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and I suppose... I suppose my take on the whole thing is the fact that the way that it used to happen is that, yes, mistakes used to happen, of course, and that arguably is the whole um, the old, whole argument for bringing in VAR and goal line technology, et cetera, et cetera. But, mm. but you would like to think that actually those mistakes were human mistakes and therefore were the same for everybody over the course yeah. of the season. Yeah. You know, you would get ones that were, were wrong. But here's the thing is that, you know, we're now in a situation where this was supposed to eliminate that element of, of human error, but it still happens. Well, but like, what about, you know, offside, right? Offside was brought in to stop people standing on the edge of the six-yard box and just tapping it and goal, goal hanging. So surely, surely, let, give the benefit of the doubt to the, to the striker and, and encourage goals, which is goals is what puts bums on seats and people want to watch football and what makes it such an amazing sport. Not, you know, you shouldn't be ruling in the favour of, of the defending team based on a shadow or whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, when did that come about? Just give it in, in give the benefit of the doubt to the striker. It's men- mental. Deer is offside, you know, or his That's... fringe is offside. Why did draw... cap is offside? Why did he no, draw on lines from his elbow? Though you can't score a goal with your elbow or your hands, yeah, so why are you throwing the line from that? That to me yeah. is berserk. And I think I think one of the big things, obviously, the Champions League starts with new technology this week. Uh, the World Cup's got it, and it's going to have a chip in the ball. It's got twelve cameras around the ground recording everything at once, and they will know within a split second whether someone's onside or offside. Because what the problem you've had with VAR with offsides is. 
Nobody, because of the frames per second that they're using, it isn't the same as actual real-time anyway. So no one could actually tell when the ball left your foot to when the, the striker goes. With this, it reduces it to something like 0.001. So I think the offside thing, once this new technology's in, will become the way we are with goal line technology. It doesn't cross the line, or it does. The referee buzzes, whereas years ago you'd go, that went over the line. Now, if the referee's arm doesn't buzz, you kind of go, yeah, all right, it mustn't have gone in. And that's what it'll be with offside, so, which is fine. But what about the red card then for Virgil van Dijk? We saw, we've seen this already this season. Some of these get red carded, some of them don't. We saw Kieran Trippier do one the other week against City, which for me was a red card. And then they talked the referee yeah. out of it. And yet Alan in a Newcastle game last season got a yellow card. And then they talked the referee into giving a red card within the game. And it's that kind of thing for me, that which is the issue, the inconsistency of it. No, I mean I agree. I, I, I the 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 Van Dyke one. I mean that I don't know how that's not a red, or or at the very least just look at it. Why this is the thing? Like sometimes they won't even go and look at it. And I'm st- I'm still haunted by that game against Newcastle with with Alan because I just thought it was the most heinous bit of uh, manipulation and pressure on the referee that he buckled to and to get that upgraded and you look at the two side by side obviously with the trippier one it's like there's no difference between those two tackles and you know Anana's got his foot planted in the ground Van Dyke literally raking right on the top of his foot it's a leg breaking tackle so how is that not even looked at by VAR so but I don't even know where you begin to sort it out because it's such a mess. It's all such a mess. And it's just boring to be talking about this all the time. And like Dave said earlier on, I think when you've got humans, um, you know, processing in real time these things, bad luck does kind of even out and you can, you can accept that. Football isn't like American football. You can't, it's not finite like American football is. There are grey areas in football and you will never be able to get it down to, even where they put a chip in the ball. I, I still think it's going to open up a whole raft of other, of other problems. So I don't think we're getting cl- any closer to solving it really, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, was, it, it is one of those things, isn't it? We were... On another day or against a different team, we might have got different decisions. But we did play we did play really well overall and, and I think people should be in my opinion, I feel as though we are making progress and and that would be that's something to, to look forward to, I think. So um, I think the other thing know. as well, Baz, is yeah. the fact that, you know, while we were all gutted to have been jumping around with Connor Cody when the ball hit the back of the net yeah. and obviously the, the the deflation to then find out it was chalked off. However, that said, the fact that we didn't lose that game, mm. which again, we all agree we would have lost last season and the season before that, et cetera, et cetera, even though Liverpool weren't at their best, we know that, but that's by, by the by. Um, but it's the fact that... It's the fact that... Um, I think that in, on the balance of things, with the with the amount of woodwork that was struck, it was probably about the fair result as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can genuinely say that. You know, it's like we hit the woodwork. Yeah, they hit the woodwork a couple of times. Pickford was Pickford was magnificent. We haven't even spoken about him yet. I mean, no. he was absolutely out of this world. I mean, we've seen it so many times from from Jordan. Mm. Um, and not just once in a game, not just twice in a game, sort of games like that where he is pulling off six, seven, eight absolute world-class saves. Yeah. Um, he was phenomenal, you know. Um, he, was, he was as good as I've ever seen him, and, mm. um, and he, certainly, he certainly made the difference. Um, but I think, as I say, on the balance of things, I think that we can walk away. Um, and actually, I would like to think that the that, that Liverpoolians would walk away as well and kind of go, do you know what, it was actually about the right result. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, not only that as well, just the way that the team's shaping up to look as well. The transformation of uh, of Alex Awobi into, you know, this almost ro- road to Damascus turnaround in Alex Awobi. The, ma- the unbelievable. Iwobinho, I heard the other day. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to use that one. But the guy, the guy's just, you know, uh, encapsulates everything about work rate and not giving up and covering ground and everything's great. And we should also give Frank credit for shifting out some of, the, you know, we've had some terrible deadwoods at that club for the past few years like draining money out of us and you know like gabami and going and all that kind of stuff getting them off getting them off the books and also just just what you guys were talking about earlier on with the venkis thing and blackburn we're not having the piss taken out of us anymore with transfers which is quite good we're willing to walk away so they you know they used to see us coming didn't they and just double the price whereas 
they've, they've, we're not we're not prepared to be doing that anymore, which which is which is refreshing, I think, as well. well Andy, can I ask you? Because I just want to we move on. It was a, we'll, we'll look at it. Your point was a fair result. We move on. We played well. Um, but the one thing I want to ask you two both about before we get on to baked goods is um, <laughs> is is join us in part two, folks. Definitely. Is and we're not sponsored yet by baked goods, but that would be good. Um, no, is it? Is Frank Lampard? Because I, I done a couple of things last week and for for separate things um, and people. On those programs, were saying to me, "Oh, the precious mountain, you know, he's, he's is he gonna be sacked?" And I was like, "The people we speak to, and and the people at the matter, nobody is calling for Frank Lampard to be sacked." So, what what do you make of this outside view that he's under pressure and he does he's not performing and he's he's not done anything at Everton and he's a lucky, you know, he's lucky to be in a job because. Yeah. It's not really how I see it, but I mean, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, they hate him for some reason. I don't know what it is, but they—they're they're obsessed with him. I felt a lot of other teams uh, and other fans of other teams were 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 obsessed with Everton's demise, and the press were. They were like, they they couldn't bloody wait for us to go down last season could they rub in their hands and they must have been gutted when we had that comeback against Palace that it wasn't going to pan out for them uh, and they they want Frank to fail he, he's done nothing but refill me with hope and pride of being an Evertonian again so we spent so long having no liking for the manager it's been a long time since we've had a manager that I liked you know Koeman being the low point in terms of just oh Sam Allardyce and you know and Benitez Jesus you know it's just like a usual suspect collection lineup of these unlikable people so that's why I just said at the beginning that I, I'm all in on this he's the manager that we need at the moment in that we're going through like like a cleansing process we're shedding off all this excess and, and horror that we've been through like and it's a it's a group trauma that we're trying to get through and and I just a Nigerial sorbet isn't he it is he's a sorbet he's a palate cleanser but, but but between what happened before uh, and I don't know I just feel like the, the way he conducts himself and the, the connection he's got with the crowd I just think he's, he's the right guy and, and you know we shouldn't forget as well what in his kind of brief time as manager at Chelsea he's very good with working with young players and, and giving people belief so I feel like you can see that in Patterson and his you know being trusted with the ball and all that because he had a couple a wobble didn't he at the start Patterson and they he disappeared and like where, where's Patterson gone and sometimes if you can get a ropey start like that in, in football teams you don't want to take responsibility and want the ball and think oh I don't want to risk it and get boot whereas Frank's obviously given him the you know placed his faith in him and you can see that kind of paying dividends you know what I mean Dave what, what's your take yeah, on no, and I think Andy summarised it brilliantly but what's your take on it there yeah no I, I haven't got much more to add to be honest mm-hmm. with you I think uh, I don't really know where it comes from and yeah. I think that the I think that the the mounting pressure on Frank Lampard is bollocks sort of yeah. stirred up by the media I can only assume that it's probably based upon some anti-Chelsea feeling Mm, from yeah. those clubs around that don't like Chelsea, whether that be Spurs, Arsenal, Fulham, Palace, Liverpool, whoever else, Liverpool, mm. you know, all of the all of the above. Um, and I think that's probably where it comes from. But all I can say is the fact that, you know, and I've got no 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 allegiances or no soft spot for any of his background at Chelsea or anything like that. Mm. But I knew that when he came in, I think like all of us, we were thinking, right, well. This is potentially interesting. This mm-hmm. is potentially exciting. And from the first time he spoke, I thought, I like the sound of him. I like what he's saying. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like his tone and and his, it just his attitude just yeah. felt right, you know, mm-hmm. didn't it? And I kind of thought this could, this could really work. Um, and however many months on from that appointment and the first time we saw him walk into Finch Farm, my opinion is no different. In fact, if anything, it's, it's even more positive. Even. Yeah, and it's also interesting as well that, that this, the same heat hasn't been levelled at Steven Gerrard, who hasn't exactly had a great time, but all the focus is on Lampard. Do you know what I mean, I, I don't know about you, it's still stuck in my craw. That the, One of the low points in terms of rage for me last season was uh, Aston Villa's behaviour in that performance where they got away with it. You know, the, with the plastic bottle as if he'd been shot from the stands at Goodison. Uh, and, you know, Gerard's smirk on the way out and wink at the fans and stuff like that. So I've kind of been waiting for them to fall apart, apart a little bit. So it's been quite nice to see him be put under pressure. Do you know what I mean? I like, that's the bitterness I can get behind, Bush. I love all that. And we even, mm, yeah. we even heard Lampard the oh, other yeah. day saying we were never getting the penalty because we're Everton, aren't we? Uh, you know, we were never getting the goal and all yeah. that. And even that kind of thing, he is very good with that. But no, I don't know. I don't understand where it comes from. And, and 
who cares really? We're all behind them and, and we can all we can all agree that thing strides are being made. Right, let's move on to a section that I'm very interested in because one of one of this trio has um has got a very interesting Instagram account. No, you're not seeing mine because it's private and it's we probably shouldn't discuss this. You're making it. You're making it sound like it's part of OnlyFans. No, no. Like my, well, can we just? I think mine is. No, no. No. Your is in, your Instagram account's been very interesting over the last few weeks, just from the places that you've been. Some of the pictures you posted are fantastic, and one that caught mine and Mr. Bush's eye was you paddleboarding. Um, so tell us a little bit about that paddleboarding to get your lunch. And then we'll we'll talk Hashtag through we'll paddle- talk through the 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 uh, the almost jeopardy of what you were doing the madness in theory of what you were doing. So go on, talk us through it. I mean, it is it is it is madness. Hashtag <laughs> paddleboarding for pasties. Exactly, uh, which I think is sweeping the southwest. Incredible, and moving, moving north. A Netflix speak. show right uh, there. Long- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're not kidding. Um, didn't they have like sort of salmon fishing in the Yemen or something? Oh, there you go. Sure. Yeah. Title than that. There you, you know? go. So why yeah. not? Um, so the long story short is that one of my best friends from college in Warrington now lives down in Falmouth in Cornwall, and mm. so I decided to take a couple of long weekends this last summer. The weather was nice. I thought I'd go down there and stay with him and his family, and they live right by the water. So. He's got a boat, so we we're out messing around on the boat, and then he's got a paddleboard, and I kind of thought I'd teach myself to paddleboard because I'd always quite fancy doing that. And it was it was it was wonderful. It was I had some some really good times down there. Anyway, so this one day we're going out on the boat, and he was busy with the kids and stuff in the morning. I thought, well, we need to get some lunch. Mm-hmm. So we're on the other side of the river from Falmouth, which is where the pasty shops are, right? So I kind of thought, I wonder if I take the paddleboard across, like with a little dry bag, I should be able to go over there with my paddle <laughs> and then climb up the ladder and then go to the pasty shop and get my pasties and then come back and climb down the ladder and then get onto kind of moving board and then paddle back. And that will be an, you know, a way of commuting for our lunch. So that's exactly what I did, paddleboarding for pasties. And and it was, you know, there was a lot of jeopardy involved, in that, as you rightly say, because you know you, you you put one foot wrong on one of those wobbly paddle boards, and yeah. suddenly you're talking hashtag soggy pastry. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't want a soggy around, bottom. You know, Paul Hollywood will be fuming. I had I had vegan options. I had traditional <laughs> options. I had all the lot, you know. But um, it was a it was a fun day. Out. But my question for my question on this subject, and it actually is for you, Mister Andrew Bush, is uh-huh. that as a native of the Southwest, not Cornish per se, but I know that you are from Devon. Yep. And um, and so you're no stranger to a pasty. My question is this: Why do they make them so hot? Because <laughs> I went and I bought these pasties, right? And so, and they'd been in the, in the, granted it's called a hot counter, but that to me, to me is to keep them warm, not to keep right. them molten hot. <laughs> and so I sat on the pier and had this pasty. After 45 minutes, I still couldn't eat it because it was burning the roof of my mouth. Discuss. Well, first of all, the, the, the Instagram story as it was happening, as it was playing out live of you going across on a paddleboard to get pasties, reminded me of the opening 10 minutes of the TV show Casualty, where you're trying to work out how someone's going to have an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is he going to be all right? I, I was, it was almost in the show centre. I just want to just check in on Dave. He's back. He's fine. Give us three rings. But um, the, heat, the heat of the pasty thing, that's what, the, that's what the crust is for, my friend. If you're down in the mines, hold on to the crust. Don't burn your fingers. No, no, it's not about burning your fingers. I get that bit, and I know all about the crust because that's what the miners used to hold on to, you know, with their with their with their black coaly hands. But it's yeah. the fact that when you eat, it's the filling which is so hot. That my point to you is that actually there was as much chance of me, you know, getting horribly injured, casualty style, in a freak motorboating accident, <laughs> as there was to actually burning the roof of my mouth on said filling. Well, Joe, if if, I, if there was a way you were going to go, what a way to go! Going down with fifteen pasties in a dry bag. I mean, I want I want to know about Dave. Just talk me through the process. So, you have have you got a wetsuit on? Is no, it, I, no, I, just I mean, short, I, I, a short and t-shirt shorts. job. Well, yeah, swimming shorts. Okay, I mean, just in case. So, I see if I was really confident, I'd wear I'd wear non-waterproof shorts. Right. Okay. But, you know, because because I because I'm fully aware of my own capabilities, or rather, lack of them. Mm. I'm still have to go with the assumption that I might end up in the water. Right. So I'm because I'm I wear I'm thinking you're on a swimmers. wetsuit, in a wetsuit, paddleboarding, and yeah. then you've got to climb out of 
I've, I'm walking to said pasty yeah. shop, full wetsuit yeah. on. And well, I mean, I, I, I could have done. I've got a wetsuit. I think the wetsuit is probably more of a... If I do this later on in the year, maybe more October, November oh, okay. time, to keep the warmth. certainly the wetsuit would be, would be the right way. Well, the pasties will keep you warm, clearly. Well, this is, That's this a good is point. true. I was also going to say as well, Dave, I mean, Uber Eats uh, obviously make a load of money, but what about you going up the waterways to deliver baked goods? You could work on the Mersey, something like that? Absolutely. I mean, I could be a river-based delivery service. And also, <laughs> not only that, but it's ecologically sound as well. You know, it's safe for the planet. There's no pollution. There's no kind of battery charging necessary. One man, one board, one paddle, all delivered. I'll be honest, you're probably not very quick, though. But at least your food wouldn't be cold. You need what, a big bag. You need quicker, a big bag. We're, we're quicker than one of our Indians around here, I'll be honest with you. You know, if you get the food within an hour and a half, you're doing then well. Then you've done all right. Fair play. Yeah. I mean, what was yeah. your, what was the choice of pasties then? Uh, traditional. Okay. Uh, regular size. Traditional large size. Uh, there was a vegan pasty. There was cheese and onion slices. There was sausage rolls. So what did you go for then? Oh, you went for all of that? Traditional, oh, okay. No, I went for traditional large. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, and the kids had vegan ones. There was also a there was also a split decision on the vegans because they had a vegan which was like a sort of spicy chickpea option, right? And then oh, they yeah. had a, a more sort of plain, you know, uh, um, I don't know, just a, a very regular kind of vegan sort of style. And was it delicious? Uh, delicious, was delicious, it? absolutely. Because a I Cornish mean, pasty, I mean. It is what it is. It, it, you know, it does you what know, it says on the tin. We're better it? to eat them than, than on a paddleboard in Cornwall. I, I would say keep an eye out for future episodes of Dragon's Den. You may see Dave Vitti there pitching for 15% equity in his business. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? And then, you know, travels with Dave. You know, yep. the Netflix show's there. I mean, it's no, all there's, there. There's probably a accompanying book series as well. I mean, Actually, sure, yeah. Why wouldn't there be? Know. It's it's yeah, it writes itself. Marketing people, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and any Cornish pasty places want to sponsor this podcast and send us some pasties, we will greatly, gratefully uh, accept them. So they, I mean, Andy, if you were <laughs> if you were to choose a pasty, what is your your pasty of choice? I like. I don't like any of the funny stuff that you get with pasties these days. I'm a, tra- a pasty traditionalist, like a great big steak bake style, girt, massive one that you can get from. Uh, the, I, there's a local bakery in Leon C that I always go. Always go there on the way down to the train station, and uh, I, there's now better than eating a pasty, not sitting down with it, having it on your lap, but it's being on a train or on a bench, getting it all over your jumper. That's how you eat a pasty. Fair enough. I mean, what? getting women and rolling their eyes at you. That's how I like to eat a pasty. You have to stand up to shake it off. That's don't the you? one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, presumably, that's presumably that's what Taylor Swift was talking about. You know? They, she, that was it. You've got to do that thing, haven't you? And get rid of all the crumbs <laughs> off your off your off your crotch. Hi, girls. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Again, the Netflix show just writes itself. It's ready. Yeah, it's, ready. Yeah. it's ready. It's ready. Um, there. Let's. Uh, I mean that was great. I enjoy, I really enjoyed that. Let's let's turn our attention to this weekend. And it's already been touched on before by by Dave the uh, the drive the ride time derby, whereas at, at the Emirates, yep. which is uh, not really a very happy place for Everton, um, still awaiting our first victory at that stadium. I think the record at home against Arsenal is not too bad actually. We we mm. got a decent record at Goodison against them. We beat them quite regularly. There we struggle, isn't but it? But away we are we're mm. dreadful. So, you know, we've we've been talking about the promise that we've seen, the structure that we've seen. But does this I think Andy touched on it before, but Dave, does this game come just a little bit earlier than we'd like in terms of where they are and where we are this season? Or are you happy just to get it out the way? Um, I think it probably does come a little bit early, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, they're on good form at the moment, although they got beat the other the other the other day, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So that's that's you know one good thing to to clip them a little bit. Um, yeah, it's probably a little bit a bit too early, but that said, um, you know I think it's all about fight for us, mm. and actually we've just demonstrated in the derby the fact that that. You know, when they roll up their sleeves and they f- and and they fight, Everton can 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 you know match anybody. Mm. You know, yeah. it's about commitment and it's about desire. And I know that we haven't got anything like the strike force that they've got, and we haven't got the goals in them in, in us that, that they have. Mm. Um, 
But if they take the same attitude into this Sunday's game as they had with the derby last Saturday, then I don't think we've got anything to be fearful of necessarily. You know, mm. we could well lose it 2-0, but it could still be a respectable performance against a strong side at mm. home. Um, so, you know, my, my, I suppose my only concern at the moment is that we need to start getting some points on the board. You know, yeah. when you look at what's coming up, you know, we've mm. obviously got Arsenal away. West Ham at home isn't going to be easy. Southampton mm. away, you would think there's something there. Mm. We've then got United at home in that ridiculous seven o'clock on a Sunday night game, which yeah. just beggars belief. Yeah. Um, and then Spurs away, you know, which yeah. isn't easy. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is this is my only real concern is the fact that yes, we're all uh, positive and impressed by the strides forward that are being made in terms of Lampard and the team and, mm. and the solidity, if you like, and the foundation building, but. The fact of the matter is that we need points on the board. And if we go another five games, which we've just discussed there, without any significant points on the board, and we start to slip down and other people climb up, then pressure's going to mount. Mm. Yeah, and that's, I agree. That's the, con- that's the concern. And there's only so long into a season that you can say what we're saying now in terms of, yes, the points aren't there, mm. but we can see real improvements. Mm. Um, I mean, I would hope from what we've seen thus far that there are some points in those five games. There's got to be some points in those five games, yeah. but exactly where they're coming from, I don't know. Mm. No, I agree. I, I just wonder what would have happened if they'd have not sent Ellis Sims out on loan. Do you know what I mean? Like, just another option there with and that Dobbin, kind of player. And Dobbin. And, this, and yeah. this, this is what I don't understand, Andy, is the fact that... I'm not in any way disputing the fact that Lampard has obviously seen them in training and he's seen enough of them and he's decided, um, and I don't disagree necessarily, but he has decided that they are not uh, right at this moment in their career to play at this level. Mm. And he's decided that, therefore, they should go out and they should actually improve their football and, and gain valuable experience and game time elsewhere, right? I've got no problem with that whatsoever. My only issue is, and this isn't a criticism of Frank necessarily, this is a bigger kind of board issue or director of football issue, um, is surely you don't let them both go until you have enough by way of replacement in through the door first. What happened was they both went on, I believe, Baz, are they season-long loans? Both Both, Both of them, yeah. They're both season-long loans, so they can't come back. Um, before we, we got replacements in place. And so I would have thought that the way to have done it would, would have been to have spoken to Sunderland and spoken to Derby and kind of said, yes, you know what? In theory, we're in agreement. And yes, this provisionally is the deal that we want to do. However, we cannot sign this off at this moment in time until we have secured in place the necessary, you know, uh, options mm. and yeah. if they don't yeah. come in you know i watched ella sims last night you know for for sunderland at, at the riverside and you know he granted there's a big difference between the championship and the prem but you know he he's he's got something about him you know and yeah. i would have thought that if we were in that situation where if we were down to the bare bones and we physically need to have some bodies up there or even to bring somebody on fresh legs for the last 15 or 20 minutes then he could be that person, as could Dobbin, as we've seen before. And that's the only thing yep. I just don't really understand. No, I totally agree. And you just wonder how that might have been different with just like, you know, he's got that kind of uh, peak and each of be kind of battering ram vibes about him as well, which, you know, just gives you a different option. But just looking at the Arsenal game, I mean, the, the, the couple of positives, I think, from... from the way they are they've, they've got a few injuries going on I don't think it's all completely fine with their squad and stuff at the moment as well so that's encouraging but again I, I think it's going to be one of those games where we just kind of like hold firm see that we're improving bit by bit but I think you know Dave's right we've, we've got to start got to start adding goals in and finishing these games off but you look back on the games so far games where which I'd have been petrified of last season you know it's mad to come out of a game against Liverpool and be like my god we could have had that that should have been we should have won that or be unlucky not to beat Chelsea at the start of the season you know what I mean really good chances so you know uh, you just got to compare it to where we were last season where every getting towards the weekend you get that pit of stomach feeling like oh my god who's going to beat us this week so it's different yeah no it is and obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin training again now as well so he may well be on the bench on Sunday and and you know might be an option with 15 20 minutes to go if the game's tight you know and, and he's a he's a different you know he's a different threat to what Neil Maupay is so and Arsenal even though the form's been good, they, they did only scrape past Fulham 2-1 and 
they did only scrape past Aston Villa 2-1. So, you know, I know, I know, listen, if Arsenal click, they're capable of beating you 4 or 5. It's just the way they are, but mm. I think you can get at them as well. And I think you both made the good point. The foundations are there. But you're right, we need, we need wins. But to, even last season, we went into a run of games and everyone went... No points from these lot. No points from this lot, and all of a sudden, we we win three of the four games. You know, mm. remember the season mm. before? People saying we've got these six games. We're getting maybe two points maximum. We won five of the six games. So, you know, if if we can if we can start, you know, we stay as tight as we are, and don't forget, only three teams have conceded less goals than Everton in the Premier League so far after six games. So that should be something that we're good at. You know, what we we should be praising. By the yeah. same token, we're not scoring enough yeah. goals, and we've got to score goals, otherwise we won't win games of football. I think the I think the fact that we're, I think the fact that none of us are none of us are, are, are worried or terrified about the prospect of Arsenal on Sunday. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, and I think that's the difference. It's not kind of like all doom and gloom. Is that you know? Hmm. I think as long as we you know show a good account of ourselves, hmm. which we've done already this season on multiple occasions, you know. Um, then I think I think we'll be okay, you know. Yeah. Oh God. And I think we're due the the football gods. Uh, you know, football gods giving us a bit of. Uh... Uh, you know, a bit of luck with whether it be, you know, do you remember last season injuries in warm ups and, and all this kind of stuff? And, and we've had so many awful VAR, VAR moments. So just, I feel like maybe maybe it's it's our time to have a bit of luck. It's been a long time since we've, uh, when have we had one of them, a bit of luck, a lucky thing that's gone in? It's been a long time since, hasn't it, for Everton? I'd love us to go there, get battered, and, and win with a deflection. You know, and, and everyone's <laughs> like, you are so lucky. I'd be like, bring it on, because with you, about 15 years of it. Uh, go yeah. there and nick a win, but no, you're absolutely the pair. You're absolutely right. It's we're not scared. Straight off we're party's arse. Oh, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Straight off Arteta's gelled hair would be lovely. It stands, you know. Um, I don't know what he'll be doing. What wonderful things he'll be doing in training. But don't forget, they've got a they've got a game on Thursday night as well. So, you know, we've got a we've got. Yeah. The manager's got a week here with players like Garner, who I have to say was looked like he'd never been away on Saturday when he come on with half yeah. an hour to go, and another week of Onana training and and players like that. Maupai getting another week's fitness in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So the core is back in training, which means the squad's a bit stronger. So I think you're both right. I think um, McNeil as well. I, th- I feel like a lot of people were on McNeil's back after obviously getting that great goal in his debut on the in the preseason game, and then he kind of. It only just started going, but you know, you had to give him a bit of time to settle in. But I feel like the past couple of games, he's been playing he's playing really well in the system that he's been asked to play in as well. They've all got to do it, haven't they? The more they, they work on the training ground, you know, for us to have eight days between a really good performance and your next one, while that team has to play on Sunday and then has to play on Thursday and then has to play on Sunday again. For mm. us, for us, that we, you know, we've just got to make sure we work that in our favour. It'll be tough because they're a good side, but. So what? Liverpool are a fantastic side, and and potentially we we could have ended up winning that game. So I think you both. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It'll be a difficult game, but I'm looking, thinking, okay, well let's see what we've got this week, you know. And then and who knows? We might we might either be due a fantastic display and win, or a, a sp- I'd rather win spawnily to be honest. At this stage, I would. I'd rather everyone scratch their head Sunday night going. I don't know how Arsenal have had a hundred shots and Everton have had one, one, and they've won one. <laughs> that for me, but totally. I feel like I was paddleboarding. And you know, Dave, just to go before we <laughs> before we finish, because I meant to say this before, when you're on that paddleboard, you never hear the Jaws yeah. music. Because whenever I'm, even sometimes in a deep yeah. swimming pool, I hear the Jaws music, and I can see the bottom, and know it's not in there, but in murky water. Doom, doom. I, exactly, you know what? What did what did they do to us all those years ago? <laughs> you got a copyright strike here. Yeah, no, it, it is. I know it's, 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 it's scary stuff. But no, I managed to uh, to to get home unscathed so far, and I lived to paddle another day. But there was a shark in those waters. You said your mum had, your mum had told you there was a no. You're right. There was a there was a shark in those waters. My mum saw this news report about a week later, and there was a. In that same, and I don't know whether it's the River Fal or anyway, in that same body of water mm. where I was, there was, and she found it on, I don't know, bloody, um, you know, MSN News or something, whatever nonsense. She looks at it at half three in the morning. 
Um, and there was this massive blue shark thing that was spotted there, and she sent it through. And and and, and anyway, these things are largely uh, not dangerous. I mean, when I say largely not dangerous, like they don't eat people as a mm. general rule. Do they eat pasties, though? Um, but this thing is... They eat pasties, yeah, and and, and and vegan slices. And listen, I was packing both of those, so I was an attractive option. Exactly. exactly. Going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Right, we're going to leave it there. Absolutely brilliant. Um, well, I've loved this. It's been good. I mean, you know, who knows what the fourth, the fourth wheel would have brought. But we'll see. We have the kangaroo court next week. Hey, we'll Char. Next week, won't we? we? Will. With the kangaroo oh, court, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, HR will be will be all over Ped next week for this year. Uh, a disciplinary. I feel like it's a disciplinary. <laughs> We're already, which isn't very good. It's like getting getting you know sent home on your first day at school, isn't it? Really. So well, he's a, on, he's in trouble. Is 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 the likely is is the likelihood is that he will come back next week, but then serve a three episode ban? Will yes. he then? Will it he could then happen. Be, be, Serving a ban for for episodes three, four, and five. It could happen. <laughs> subject to an subject to an, a disciplinary appeal, which could overturn it. What I think, what I think would be worse for him is if we made them record this podcast at like nine o'clock in the morning. I think that'd be even worse for him than any kind of ban. <laughs> Making them get up at a normal time and do something might be even worse, but. Tune in next week to see the band. Um, listen, Andy, absolutely fantastic. Keep those one-liners on Twitter going, them questions. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you, much. man. Cheers for having me on. And David, as always, an absolute pleasure. So, uh, David, only my mum calls me. I know, but well, I just felt like after <laughs> you, after you, after you passed the expl- I, th- I feel like David was the right way to go. You know, paddleboarding in Falmouth. Needs David, and I, I almost said Andrew as well. And, and you can call me whatever you want to yeah. answer to most things, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And we will be back next week, so uh, we'll see you all then. Thanks for watching and listening. Of the, 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 the toffees, exactly. Here, here. See you later. Bye.